You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode 190. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and I am absolutely thrilled that you're here today. So thanks so much for tuning in. Recently, I was in one of my private Facebook groups answering a bunch of questions for my students. And one of my students asked me this question. She said, Amy, I'm not sure how specific I should get in my niche. Should I focus on sleep training for toddlers, or should I go broad and teach about parenting overall? To me, the answer is very clear. Go specific. Go after that very targeted audience. Go after those parents of those toddlers who are not sleeping whatsoever. But I know that's a tough answer for some of you to hear because you see that huge potential in reaching a bigger audience. But trust me, You want to drill down. You want to find your true niche. Now, I get this question a lot from my students. Should I start specific or instead, maybe I should start out broad and then over time, perhaps get a little bit more specific in my niche? Now, of course, you know, my answer is get specific from the get go, but I thought this episode would be a whole lot more powerful if I brought on one of my students who happens to be an amazingly smart entrepreneur to tell you her own story of starting very specific in her niche. My friend's name is Danelle German, and she's going to share her business building story. And to say the least, it is pretty darn fascinating. Now, I met my student, Danelle, at one of my recent Entrepreneur Experience Live events. If you listened to last week's episode, number 189, I talked about the big wins and some of the misses from my live event. And I said that one of my wins was that I did a breakfast the morning after the live event for anyone who hadn't yet flown out so that I could network a little bit more with the attendees. And I also told you that I made it my mission to go around to every table to say hello to everybody that attended that breakfast. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Danelle was sitting at one of the tables and I asked her about her business. And as she started to tell me about what she's created, I literally hung on every single word. I was like in awe of what she created. Now, I don't know about you, but I love to hear about how others have grown their business. I love to hear about how others make money in their business. And she was really free with all of the information around how she's built the business she has today. So it was really fun to hear her story. So with that, because I was so impressed on how she took a very specific niche of cat grooming and grew it into a complete empire, I had to have her on the show to share her experience with you. And yes, you did hear me right. I said cat grooming. That's exactly the niche that she 
really doubled down on in many different ways. You'll hear all about it. But as I get into her story, she's going to come on in just a minute. I want you to really go beyond the cat grooming. I know that probably is not your niche. However, the different ways that she expanded her business and her brand, the different ways she uncovered new opportunities in that niche were just so inspiring. And I thought you would find it inspiring as well as you drill down in your specific area of your business. So keep an open mind here. Don't get too focused on the cat grooming, although it does make for a very interesting story. I can't wait for you to hear all about it. So again, I wanted to give you an example of someone who started very small, very targeted, and then the steps she took to build a business that worked for her. And of course, we're going to talk about how she makes $12,000 a month with evergreen webinars. So we're going to get really specific into that strategy as well. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and jump in. Danelle, thank you so very much for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. We have so much to cover. So I'm going to jump right in and tell me this. How did you get your start with a very focused niche like cat grooming? I know you were answering a very specific question, right? Yes, this is true. I was already grooming cats myself in my salon. It was growing quite rapidly. And I was receiving at that time questions from people in the pet grooming industry. These were primarily dog groomers. And they kept asking the same questions over and over again. And one of those at the top of my list, I still get it today, is how do you groom an aggressive cat? Or how are you able to groom these really feisty, angry cats by yourself? They just couldn't believe it. And so what I came to realize in the process of beginning to answer those questions initially, that what they were really asking was, how can I do what you're doing? And what they were missing really was this key ingredient of confidence. And this confidence really needed to be based on knowledge as well as skill. So while they were thinking that they needed to just, you know, learn a little trick here or there to handle this aggressive cat, what they really needed to learn was very fundamental stuff. What breeds are we dealing with? What are their temperaments? How would we handle that? What coat types do they have? And this sort of thing. In order to be successful and do what I was doing, building this rapidly growing clientele list and making really good money at this very niche business, they needed to become an expert. And then on that, they could begin to feel more confident in their skills. Ah, so good. So one of the themes that I know we're going to see throughout this entire interview, because you and I both did our prep, is listening to what people are asking you and seeing the opportunities through that. So we're going to get there. But here's the deal. You started with a salon for cat grooming. So that was a brick and mortar. And then you saw a need to educate the groomers. And from there, you started to expand into teaching groomers. Is that right? Yes, this is correct. And I also developed a certification program at that time. There were several certification programs already in place for dog groomers, but there was absolutely nothing for cat groomers. And so this is where this niche, you know, fill the need thing started to really come together. So you saw a need for certification and you created that. That is correct. Yes. So good. So good. Now, as a side note, before we continue, tell me this. Was it difficult to just focus on your very specific niche of cat grooming? Oh, yes. <laughs> the entrepreneur in me is like, scale all the mountains, kill it in every way. Yes. Um, and so I would go to these industry events, which were really pet grooming industry events, and it was 100% about dog grooming. And I would see all these, what are now my colleagues, these speakers and judges and these people really that had conquered the dog grooming world. I would see all of this stuff going on and things that they were doing. And I'm thinking to myself, they've got the attention of the entire audience here. And I have, you know, this one little crumb over here, the cat grooming world. But I also had to keep telling myself that we've both heard this, the riches are in the niches. And I always say niche, but, you know, to make it rhyme, it's riches in the niches, right? That I, I knew that there was more opportunity there, even though it wasn't bigger opportunity, it was grander opportunity, if that makes sense. 
Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit more because so many of my students are multi-passionate and they want to do this and they want to do that and they see the opportunities and they actually jump to them. And you were seeing opportunities. You were going to these conferences. You knew that there was a lot of money in dog grooming as well. You knew you could do a hundred other things because you literally have entrepreneurship running through your blood. That's one thing I noticed about you when I got to meet you. And so what do you mean by there was something more grand in what you were doing? How did you know that? Well, I think that in any type of business model, you will learn that it's not necessarily about having mass amounts of customers. It's more about having the best customers, right? Yep. So if if I was going to reach everybody there, I was also going to share that with all of my colleagues who are already doing that, right? So I have a lot of competition and I'm not necessarily reaching the ideal avatar that I want to reach. I'm just hitting the masses. And so that works for some business models. But when I started to look at the people that I was interacting with and who were actually, you know, buying training from me and pursuing certification and really interested. These people were who I ideally wanted to work with. And there was an opportunity to, instead of spreading myself too thin to meet the needs of everybody, I could really hone in and focus on the things that would help them be successful in their business endeavors and build an empire out of that. That's really what I saw. So I wasn't having to work with everybody. I could work with these very select people that were enjoyable to work with. They are enjoyable to work with and build something grand out of that. And I don't have any competition. That's the beauty of it as well. You know, (laughs) that's pretty amazing because most people say, and I've said this to my students before, if you don't have any competition, there's likely not a need for what you're doing out there, but that (laughs) wasn't the case for you. Absolutely not. No. Why wasn't there any competition then? Well, it just was really an untapped market. Being in the right place at the right time, I don't know. The first time I ever went to an industry trade show event, it was up in Pennsylvania and I'm in South Carolina. So I drove 10 hours. I was so excited. I was going to go up there and do some seminars about cat grooming and buy some products for my salon to help me do my job better. And I got up there and there was nothing for cat groomers at all. I mean, people looked at me like I had three heads. (laughs) So I came back from that really discouraged, you know, and I was talking to my husband and I'm like, well, I can't believe these people They're, you know, and he's kind of like, well, what are you going to do about it? And so the next year I was actually on the ticket as a speaker at that event. And then at many other events that year, and that really kicked things off. And so instead of lamenting the fact that there wasn't anything, I created something. And it was, there was a hole, someone had to fill it. Who was going to fill it? I decided to do that. Why not you, right? Right. Why not me? I had, and I think this is important too, when people are taking off, launching something and, and they're deciding whether to be really mainstream with their target or be more niche with that target. I think that it's in our best interest if we really keep it tight around what our skill set and knowledge base is, because that's where confidence really comes from. If I am 100% confident in what I am talking about and what I am teaching and ultimately what I am selling to people, I'm going to do a much better job of that. And the further I get out of the scope of my area of expertise and skill set, that confidence begins to diminish, right? And so then it's a harder sell. It's harder to succeed. I really believe that. And I have experienced that myself. And so if I keep it real tight around that, that skill set and that knowledge base, and then grow from there, it does become, I think that there's, it's just, it's easier. It pays off for sure. It pays off. Yes. I want to make a side note to all my listeners right now that one thing I know about Danelle is that she thinks like an entrepreneur. And when I got to sit down with her and talk with her about her business, just the way she looked at everything and the fact that she saw a hole and she said, why not me? I'm going to go for it. That's 
the the mind of an entrepreneur. And it's something that you don't necessarily have to be born with, but it is something that it's like a muscle that you need to build. So I think it just comes naturally to Danelle. It doesn't come naturally to me. So I know it's something that you can foster and work on, but she thinks like an entrepreneur and that makes all the difference. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Okay, so I'll keep us moving along. Here's the deal. You went from a cat grooming brick and mortar business that catered to cat clients to teaching groomers how to handle the cats. And then you did that first by offering private instruction in your salon before later opening the world's only cat grooming school. But then you branched out even more. All the while staying inside your niche, you added new services as you saw the need. How did you expand next? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) I know when you hear that, it's pretty impressive, right? It (laughs) is. You should pat yourself on the back there. Sometimes I still sit here and marvel and go, we have a saying in our family all because of Target, because my very first cat that I got that really started this whole thing, his name is Target. Okay. And so we're like, if we knew then what we know now, right? Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. You know, really what I saw as I went through this progression from the brick and mortar to training people privately to the school and all of that was that my business had to grow with that industry we were creating. In other words, what I'm saying is when I started out with this, marketing for my cat clients was done very differently because we didn't have social media and most of my clients didn't have email addresses. And so all the technology and things that have come into play over the last couple of decades, those change how we do things. And then in combination with that, 
I was beginning to see that while the people I was training could be awesome cat handlers, awesome cat groomers, they didn't necessarily know how to get out there and market themselves. So some of the things that grew out of that to meet that need were business classes that I started teaching in my school and then also putting those online that speak very specifically to the grooming industry and then teaching seminars that did that. We developed marketing materials like customer brochures, things that could be given out to help generate more business for any individual cat groomer wherever they live. We now have those translated in some different languages used in different places around the world. And this also led to further training online products, tools. I myself have, I have a patented drying system that is sold worldwide that came out of a need there. And, you know, how do we dry these cats in a way that's safe and fast and clean and all of these things. And so that is sold worldwide. And then a, a an organic pet shampoo bar and all of these things that just have grown out of this where we go, oh, here's the weak link in the chain. What can we do? What can I do to create something to fix that weak link? And sometimes that means outsourcing and sometimes that means doing it yourself. I love that you have a mix of the online business and the training and also in person. And although I have a 99.9% online business, I do see the value of getting in the trenches. And I would guess that that time with those pet groomers in your salon and through the certification that uncovered so many of these opportunities you're talking about. Absolutely. Listening to them and seeing what were their needs. This was really where it was at. Otherwise, I'm totally guessing and thinking, oh, maybe they'll like this. Maybe they'll like that. And you know, as as well as anybody out there running a business and developing new content or new product and services, that takes time, money, resources, right? right? So, We can't, I mean, it's not in our best interest to spin our wheels in the mud. We really do need to have a good gauge on what it is our clients need so that we can better create that product and service for them. Completely. So for my listeners, I want to encourage you, you may not have people coming into a brick and mortar or teaching them in person, although you could always add that to your docket and do live workshops to get in person with people. But think of the opportunities that you're going to be in a space, whether it be virtual or actually in person, where you are naturally going to be hearing the feedback of your clients, students, your audience, so that these opportunities actually present themselves. You need to put yourself in the situations for what Danelle is talking about here to happen for you as well. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that one. Okay, so I know this part is so cool. So you guys got to pay attention here. This was so interesting when I uncovered this talking to Danelle. So I know part of what made your business so effective in the early days was that you created a demand for cat grooming. Talk about why and how you did that. Well, I was attracting groomers to me for that actual training, but there were two things here that were that really came out clear, crystal clear to me in the beginning. One, if my goal was really to train these groomers to be successful at cat grooming, they were going to need clients. They were going to need healthy client lists, not five clients or 10 clients. They're going to need hundreds or thousands of clients. So there was that. And then there was also, if I was going to continue to grow my business and get new students, I needed to create a demand for their services Mm. so that they would want to buy the training and the certification to do that work. We, we joke and call it cat calls. You know, do you get cat calls um, (laughs) at work? And what that means is just, does that phone ring and people asking how much do you charge to groom a cat? That's a cat call. That's a potential client inquiring about your services. And so there were some things that had to be overcome there. One was a myth. Cats groom themselves and no, they don't. They get matted and all this kind of stuff. And so how can a professional cat groomer not only alleviate these problems, but then, you know, provide a preventative maintenance plan going forward so everything's better for everyone. So in the process of training these groomers to do the work, I also had to spend some time focusing on how they could help create that demand for their services. I could not continue to do that all myself. I would burn out, run out of time and energy. So 
that was where some of the training took a turn in my programs to be able to equip them to do that. So you would help the groomers actually get the word out about how important it is to hire someone to groom their cat. Correct. Yes. And so the best way to do that really is identify the problems. These are problems that every, and this, this would be useful to anyone. This is, you know, talking to pain points, right? To anyone in any industry, what are the pain points a cat owner is living with? Oh, shedding hair, sharp claws. I mean, what person do you know that has a cat that loves cat hair all over their black sweater? No one does. So how can we use that fact, that very real fact to generate interest in professional cat grooming services. Who likes their cat shredding their furniture? No one likes that. So these are real problems. And guess what? Hair keeps growing, nails keep growing. So these are ongoing problems. This is even better. So how can we address that? How can we bring those to the forefront, Bring shed some light on them so that people go, oh yeah, you know what? I really could benefit from that. I need to find myself a cat groomer. Now, where are they going to go? They're going to Google this and Hopefully, they're going to end up at my website. And on there, we've got a searchable directory of our members and certified members. And we've got videos and things. There's a ton of stuff on YouTube we've put out. I've written articles for Catster and all kinds of things over the years, been on Animal Planet, to where we can begin to get the word out about this stuff so that there are people on the internet, they're going to see this somewhere. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So you were creating a demand to show cat owners they need regular grooming. That's where the valuable content comes in to get the word out. And then you were also training the groomers to build the proper business to support the cat owners, as well as equipping them to help drive that demand themselves, because you can't be the only one educating people with cats that they need groomers. So you were having the business owners do that as well. So you were actually coming at it from both ends, which I personally think is genius. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of work, but (laughs) it's paid off. (laughs) I bet it has for sure. Okay, so it doesn't even end there. So from there, you branched out to a non-cat grooming audience. How did that come about? That came about by actually having students in my brick and mortar school program. And these people were coming from outside of my local area. So they're getting on an airplane flying from Australia or Taiwan or Switzerland or Canada or any, anywhere in the U.S. And they are attending my program. It's several weeks long. And when I had these students in-house for a period of time, I really get to know them. And what I was starting to see was that more and more non-groomers, non-pet professionals were coming to the school. They were coming from industries outside of the animal industry, and they were either looking for a career change, they were just burnt out, tired of what they were doing, or they had lost their job. You know, we had that 2008, 2009 time where a lot of companies were downsizing and they were just kind of forced back into, hey, what am I going to do with myself? And so they chose that as a profession and they did great at it. They are doing great at it. I just have some incredible stories of students that have, like, they are just killing it with it, with the cat grooming. And I love it. It's exciting to me. It is exciting. And What I was wondering when you first told me the story was, how did you find your best customers? Initially, I think they found me. Um, and, And it's the internet. And I have done some research and asked them, what were you searching for? What were you on the internet Googling that led you to, you know, National Cat Groomers Institute and think, hey, this is something I could do. And so they would tell me these these terms that they were looking for. And we started to incorporate those keywords and things into our website and started to build some content that would speak directly to those people so that then not we weren't relying on them finding us. We could actively start to seek them out. Yes, which I loved. And we're going to get to webinars in a moment, but I have to say you created a webinar and I'm going to give the exact title. The title is Break free from the job you hate, 60 days to a totally niched cat grooming career. So this is a free webinar that you put out there, right? Yes, yes. So brilliant. Because when I was talking to Danelle about this audience that she actually didn't even know it existed until it started to come into 
her salon to get certified, there were nurses and teachers and HR professionals looking for a career change. And she said they were determined and intelligent and they had this no fail attitude and they were excited to learn and money was never an objection for them to buy her courses and get the certification and all that. So she thought, wait a second, I want more of this. So she created a webinar to attract the kind of audience that she wanted in her training certification course courses, all that good stuff. I thought that was actually genius as well. I think I'm going to use the word genius a hundred times throughout this interview because (laughs) I genuinely feel that way. So, so good. Okay. So with that, I want to talk about money because today, where does your revenue come from? We have books. I have curriculum that I have written, DVDs, books, and that sort of thing. Um, Our certification program that we do, you know, they have to pay to take those exams and go through that certification process. And I still do in-person training on a very select basis. And I do still speak both domestically and internationally. And then also my favorite that we added in about a year ago are evergreen webinars and online courses. Evergreen webinars and online courses. Okay. So this is the stuff I've been waiting for. I wanted to talk about this. So tell me your experience with webinars in your very specific niche. I started out doing webinars back in 2010, and this was back before I was using GoToWebinar, and this was before they even had the capability to record the webinar. So when I did these, I mean, talk about labor intensive, Right. right? I would do this webinar, usually about an hour long, and then it was gone. It was gone. Okay. So (laughs) I hate to think about that, (laughs) but um, somewhere along the way, they started to there was the ability to to record those and we did. So I now have something like, I don't know, 40 webinars pre-recorded from back in those days. And we used those, repurposed those in our member benefit course, some of our online courses, because that's some great material and I don't need to do it again. It's timeless stuff. And so we were able to monetize that through some of our online courses. But then, so I stepped away from the webinars. I, I, got really busy traveling. And I I just kind of stepped away from that for a while. I I mean, I had 40 of them. So I thought, oh, this is enough. And then one day, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine in the industry, we were actually horseback riding together. And she said, you've got to hear this webinar by this gal named Amy Porterfield. You're just going to love this. And so she sent me the replay link to your webinars that convert webinar that you had done. And I listened to that on the hour drive back from trail riding with her. And that was like the fastest hour ever. (laughs) And it was, it was so fun. And as soon as I unloaded my horse and unhooked the trailer and got back in the house, I ordered webinars that convert and started to implement those new, more, you know, modern technology filled, wonderful things that are available to us now. And it's been great. So very cool. Okay. First of all, I just had an aha moment and I might've understood you incorrectly. So you have to school me here. Did you say that you listened to my webinar, but you weren't actually watching it? That is correct. Okay, yes, I was driving. Kind of interesting in it of itself. So the fact that I've been hearing a lot about audio is just taking over and it's just so much easier than even watching video. So I don't know, something's kind of brewing in my head around that. But thank yeah. you for sharing that, that you listened to it. You didn't even watch it. And it's a really image heavy webinar. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's still converted for you is pretty cool. Also, yes. I know you said that you listened to the webinar, you bought the program, 10 days later, you implemented the program and you did two webinars and you sold 10 off the bat. So when you share that with me, one of the aha moments I had about you being an entrepreneur and thinking like an entrepreneur is that you didn't waste any time. And I feel like the people that have really good success with online training programs, they buy it and they do it. They just, even Mm -hmm. if it's not perfect, even if they didn't get every nuance inside the training program, they went for full immersion and just did it. So that's exactly what you did, right? 
Yes, absolutely. And I won't lie, the technology part was, you know, it was hard. And very tricky in the beginning. Uh, very tricky. Yes, yes. But I'm also one of those people that when I get it in my head, you know, when you have one of those eureka moments where you're like, ah, this is what I need to do. And I started strategically looking at the time frame as we were going into November last year. And I'm like, oh, groomers get super busy in, you know, pre-Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's. And so I'm like, if I don't do it, like the very first couple of days of November, I'm going to have to wait till January. And my entrepreneurial brain will like fry itself waiting that long. Yes. So I was like, I have to do this. So I got it and I gave access to my assistant, Lynn, who helps me with Great. all of this. Smart. And I said, look, here's the date. We've got 10 days and this is what we're doing. And she's like me and she gets really fired up about new projects. And so we dove into webinars that convert. We flew through it and we hurdled the technology stuff. I am super grateful that you have the tech vault in there so that we could go through that. And it was really beneficial for me also to be able to pass that to her and say, here, Lynn, I need you to listen to this and do this. So I didn't have to try to explain it all to her. So I yes. do really recommend that, right? That's and huge. Let, yes. Yeah. Let you tell them. I don't need to tell them. And so we did. And we launched that registration and we did two back-to-back -back lives. And, um, and $900 program, right? It's eight ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. For she yep. calls it a syllabus package, which is books and DVDs that you're selling and online courses and, and online courses. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting is her replay is a hundred bucks more. So you charge a little bit more if they don't. Well, I guess it's you're charging more if they don't buy it on the webinar. Is that right? Well, I've done it differently in the different webinars I've done. One is they get some bonus, fast action bonuses. So one thing, I do things a little bit differently here. I don't go into a launch that's open for like, I think you do launches where like right. they're open for a certain period of time. So because we need this to be available all the time, we basically built in like fast action bonuses right. during the webinar at either a dif different price point or they get other items added on. And then the, the price either goes up or they lose those depending on how we've, we, I, we've toyed around with some different things. Um, but right now, most of my webinars are retelling that complete training syllabus at 997 price point in the webinar itself. The initial one I went in at 897 gotcha. during the live webinar. Perfect. Okay. So you did these live webinars, you perfected how they worked, and we'll talk in a minute about how you use webinars that convert to help you convert well in your webinars. But now these days you're making about $12,000 a month with your evergreen webinars. And you're a really, really busy woman. So I think it yes. was important for you to not be doing these live all the time, right? Oh, yes. I, I'm worn out, you know, yes. and the speaking and all of that and live performance takes so much energy. And I just knew I had to step back from that and let myself work while I wasn't working, if that yes. makes sense. Amen to that. Now, you said that you did webinars way back in 2010, which I love. You're such a little early adopter. It's so awesome. So you were doing webinars back then, and then you started to do webinars again in 2016. So what was the difference between those early days running webinars and after you picked up WTC? I think a lot of the automation stuff, um, of course, we have social media and the Facebook ads. That was a whole new thing for me to learn. And then the idea, this is what I really, one of the key takeaways I got out of webinars that convert, something I had just never thought about before, this is genius, is the onboarding sequence and the follow-up yes. sequence. Back in 2010, when I was doing that, people were registering and here I was capturing these emails through GoToWebinar, but I wasn't really using them. And it was sort of a, I say, a love them and leave them kind of a way of doing things where I was loving them during that one hour <laughs> webinar and then it was gone and it was all done. And then I just sort of waited to see what would happen? Like, I mean, maybe someone two years later would enroll in my school and be like, oh yeah, you know, they'd say, you can't, you know, I attended your webinar on such and such. And that is just, uh, that's a terrible way of doing things. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> so, so the, you know, the idea of kind of nurturing them through that onboarding and really encouraging that live attendance uh, and then also that follow-up to further engage them. And I'm, I'm so excited the, the 
initial webinar that we did, Three Biggest Mistakes that we did back in uh, last November, we had about a 63% show up rate, I believe, live attendance rate. And then that carried into, I have stopped tracking them, but even into um, January and February when I was launching a couple more new live webinars, we still were holding in the 60%. And I'm very happy with that. Insane. I actually have never heard anybody say that they had 60% show up rate on a webinar. So for those of you who aren't yet used to doing webinars, 25, 20 to 25% is an average show up rate of those who actually show up on your webinar live. So 60% is crazy. And most people convert best on the webinar. They're going to convert afterwards, but the biggest conversion is usually seen on a live webinar. So getting more people on means more sales. So you were converting really well on these webinars. So there was so much going right. Yes. And this is where we come back to the niche thing. Maybe I didn't have a thousand people attend my webinar and then have this really tiny, I mean, rather a thousand people register, but this really tiny actual show up rate. Instead, I had 400 people sign up with a really high show up rate. And that conversion, I mean, my engagement with my audience is going to be better. Um, I'm just, I'm tapping into my ideal avatar in this very niche, very specific industry on a very specific topic. Okay. So that's huge guys, because when you are really clear about who your audience is and you know, you have something that they need and it's a very specific niche like that, they are more likely to pay attention. They have less people to go to. In Danelle's case, there wasn't even any competition when she started and they see you as their go-to source. So they're going to show up for your webinars more and they're going to buy your stuff more. So that's really, I think you really hit on the power of what it's all about, which I love. Now, a few more quick things about your webinar. I know that you used to not have as many slides. So you are a stickler for my rule of 80 slides or more. Is that right? Yeah, I come in pretty much right around that anywhere between like 78 to 82. And and it does it flows nicely. You hit it. I mean, it, it is right on. I also scripted it. And I didn't do this the first one. And then I realized, you know what, I'm going to get off. I was spending too much time on a slide because I knew what I needed to say. I've done my seminars and stuff so often. I know what I need to communicate, but I would get ahead of myself. And so then my slides were falling behind. So I went back and re-scripted for the, or I actually scripted for the second um, live. And then going forward, I have done that all the way through. And that 80 slides, when you get in a groove with that, it's really nice and you I mean, right now I'm so happy. It's like I I do a webinar, a new live webinar, and I'll be like, we'll log out afterward and I'll I'll message Lynn and be like, 59 minutes, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're we're going for that hour and it's like right on, oh my right gosh. on the money. I yeah. absolutely love that. That is so cool. And one more thing, I don't think you use a lot of paid advertising, even for your evergreen, right? Or do you? We are dabbling around with that. And I don't know what a lot, what constitutes Let's say, a do lot. Do you spend more than $1,000 a month on Facebook ads? I have some months and then other months I have spent zero. Gotcha. Okay. So to generate that 12000 a month with your evergreen webinars, it's not heavily reliant on paid Facebook advertising. Correct. Which yes. is really I, cool too. I think people need to hear that, especially when they don't have a big budget to get going. Yeah, if if I remember correctly, when we launched Three Big Mistakes and then going in with the break free and how to make 144, I don't think we ran any ads initially for those registrations. And then we started to play around with the ads more so when we got into the the evergreens. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So there is some Facebook advertising, but not as heavily, let's say, as I do in my own business. So there's definitely a difference there. So I know that you were generally selling your syllabus program when you were attending and speaking at industry trade shows. And then you moved over to doing more live webinars that turned into evergreen webinars. That's right, right? Yes. Okay, great. Now, one thing that I asked you in advance, if we could talk about this, because I really do think that when we talk about business, we still need to talk about the real life stuff. And you were telling me that you felt that doing these evergreen webinars were game changers in your business. And you talked about why that was. It had to do with some serious health issues, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year has been tough for me, and I just started really dealing with some health issues, and I had to have multiple surgeries. And at the time, I mean, pr- prior to this, I was going, you know, pedal to the metal, tons of international flights, speaking engagements. I would be gone for weeks at a time, sometimes in another country. And it just was getting to be really difficult and taking a toll on my health and just my mental well-being, you know, just getting that burnout. And then things came to a real screeching halt this spring when I could not work and I had to cancel some speaking engagements and I had to decline some other invitations. And that was really my big source of income. So I was like, eh, that right. could have really ruined me. It could have really been detrimental to my business overall financially. But fortunately, Lynn and I had spent the previous two years building up a library of over 20 online courses. And then we had spent the prior six months putting into place multiple webinars that were in evergreen mode. And we were able to use that to generate revenue. And it could have been something as easy as posting something about it in a Facebook group where we would have some of our target customers or running Facebook ads, writing a blog post or something I could do from home, recuperating from surgery to boost that revenue. And it's been a business saver, life changer, game changer for me. Oh, so good. I mean, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that story, but it is a big deal to have that extra protection in your business. I still love live launching, but I know that if I can't get out of bed for a week, I'm still making money in my business every single day. So I really love that you shared that. Okay. So I have grilled you with a million questions, or at least it feels like a million questions. And you've been such a sport in all of this. I just want to ask you one more question. What are your final thoughts for any of my listeners who are wondering how to find their niche, how to really nail it the way you have? I think that first and foremost, this goes back to what I had mentioned earlier, that we really need to do some soul searching about what is it we are super good at or really knowledgeable about, and then also combine that with what we enjoy and we're passionate about. If there is one thing I have learned in this business building experience, it's been that if we aren't loving it, that really starts to come across to our customers. And when we lose the excitement and lose the passion, it's just not going to go as well. Yes. So we've got to always keep ourselves in a place where we are loving it and we are excited about it. And for me, that's changed and evolved over the years. One thing I'm constantly asking myself is what is it that excites me? What is it that I can't wait to get out of the bed in the morning and do? What are those things that make me just love my job? And when I write those down and then start to build my skill set around that, it becomes clear what I need to be working on and focusing on. And, you know, that has changed over the years. I used to do that private, well, I used to groom cats in a salon. And then that turned into that private instruction. And then it turned to writing books, writing material, presenting, speaking on stage. And now it's really more along the lines of the online stuff and working with a very high tier group of people and coaching them to really be leaders in the industry so that we can keep up with the demand. So I just think that we need to be real clear on our skill set, and that's where that confidence comes from and in our knowledge base. And then we we need to build a, a role that keeps us excited. I love that. You have to tell the story about how you were slipped a note at a trade show. Yes, yes. I was coming off stage and, you know, the people kind of mob up around and they all have questions. And I could see that this one gal wanted to ask something and, you know, there's too many people. And so she just slipped me a note. And later, when I had a moment to get away by myself, I read it. And she actually wanted to attend my school program. So I was asking about that. But there was this quote in there and it said, 
you breed excitement. And she had capitalized the word excitement. And she said, I want excitement, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> and so years later with my staff at the school, we I got them these really nice leather planner notebooks that we would use for our monthly meetings. And we called them, I called them our growth notebooks because that was where we made our plans for growth. And I made the cover title page was that exact quote, you breed excitement, I want excitement. And that's still in my notebook because when I open it, I wanna see that and be reminded of that, that if I'm getting bogged down and overwhelmed and losing that love and feeling, then I'm not breeding that excitement anymore. And if that's the culture that I have built my niche business around, I need to keep it on track and I can't lose that. Okay. So good. I love that quote. And I think we all need to ask ourselves if we've still got that love and feeling with what we're working on inside of our businesses. And if not, then it's time to change things. And I think there are so many opportunities. It's very clear they're out there waiting for you. Danelle is a great example of that. So you've got to get that love and feeling back. Okay. So final question. I lied. I said I had just one more, but I have (laughs) one more for you. For anyone interested in becoming a cat groomer and learning from the best of the best, where can they find out more about you? They can go to nationalcatgroomers.com and visit our website. And we've got just a ton of information on there. We also have a business Facebook page, of course, but the website is the best place to go check it out. Nationalcatgroomers.com. Wonderful. Thank you so very much for being generous with all of your insights and strategies and details. I really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. So there you have it. I hope you love this interview with Danelle as much as I have. I felt that she had so many great insights and stories and examples to share with us as we look at our business and think two things. One, am I getting specific enough? Have I found my true niche? And number two, do I still have that love and feeling with all the stuff that I'm working on in my business? two really good questions to ask yourself as you continue to grow the business. Now, one thing I wanted to point out is that Danelle talked a lot about her evergreen webinars and how they are really working for her, especially as times have gotten a little tough with her health. Now, I wanted to point out that in episode number 188, I talked about my year of automation and I talked about what I loved about it and what I didn't love about it. So I still believe that evergreen webinars are incredibly valuable for your business. And I will still continue to do evergreen webinars in my business as I move into the new year. However, I also believe that doing live launches and live workshops and really adding that live element throughout the year with my promotions is important as well. So if you missed episode number 188, what I learned from my year of automation, make sure to check it out. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Next week is really, really exciting. Let me give you a little hint. I'm doing something a little bit different where I'm going to share a week in the life of my business. And so I recorded the podcast over a five-day period where you hear from me in the morning and you hear from me in the evening as I talk about what I'm working on, where I'm going to focus, what's working during the day, what's not working during the day. I'm just going to take you behind the scenes with me as I go through a week inside my business. So it was really fun to create for you. I cannot wait to release it next week. It will be episode number 191. Until then, I hope you have an amazing week and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.